Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness Podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica, and I am super happy to have you here with me. So today is just one of my short Monday musing episodes, and I want to talk a little bit about what is self-care without self-kindness. And maybe you hear that and you immediately understand the distinction, or maybe you're like, I don't know how they're different. Aren't they surely the same thing? So we're going to dive a little bit into to what these things are and why there is an important distinction between the two and why I think they need to go together to get the results that we actually want to get from our self-care. So what is self-care? Self-care sort of is any practice that we do to, to fill up our own cups again. So self-care practices often look like things, you know, like hopping into the bath or reading a book or sitting down to meditate or going to your yoga session. Um, It might be doing therapy. It might be having um, a facial. It could be anything. It could be a lot of different things. It could be, you know, it could actually be doing the dishes. My self-care practice absolutely includes the things that I do around my home. Um, and that's a new thing. We'll talk about that a little bit after as well. Um, but it could, self-care activities can be anything, but the, the idea is that they are topping you up, that they are somehow bolstering you to show up in life with more capacity, with more energy, with more focus. They kind of just fill you up a little bit like fuel, right? And I think that it's important when we talk about self-care to actually talk about what is the purpose, like what what is the reason for doing it? And this is where I got stuck for a really long time because often it's not enough to go through the motions of, you know, yep, tick, I had a massage, yep, tick, I had the facial, oh, yep, tick, I had a bath this week, yep, one book read in the last three months, whatever it is. Often those things are not enough if we're simply going through the motions. And the reason is because we want the outcome, not the activity. The activity is kind of, you know, it doesn't matter almost what it is because if the outcome isn't what we're looking for, which is that feeling topped up, feeling nurtured, feeling looked after, then it couldn't, it really doesn't matter what you do because we're looking for the result. So, Let's talk a little bit more about that because I want you to think about the last time you engaged in some sort of self-care practice. I want you to think about what was it that kind of made you do it? What was the driving force that got you to engage in that self-care activity? And how did you feel after? What were you looking for? Now, I want to tell part of my own story to kind of clarify what I'm talking about here. So, you know, I certainly haven't made any secret of the fact on the podcast that I struggled for a really long time with anxiety, with feeling 
unworthy, with self-hatred and all of the good, you know, or all of the bad sort of feelings that come along with that. And for a long time, I thought it would be enough just to go through the motions of self-care. So I would go and have the massage or I would, you know, go out with a girlfriend or I would go shopping or whatever. And every time without fail, I would come back feeling just as bad as, if not worse, than I did before I left. And for the longest time, I was like, why is this not working? Surely, you know, I'm doing all the things that I need to be doing from the outside. I'd go to a class, I'd do, you know, a course. But the reality was that I was doing them from such a negative place that they didn't even scratch the surface. So as an example, say I went to a yoga class, I would spend that whole time being kind of down on myself about the fact that I wasn't at home, that I wasn't, you know, the one looking after my kids. I would make a lot of excuses and sort of justify it to my husband who, for the record, just wanted me to go and enjoy myself. And I really was committed to playing the martyr Deep down underneath all of that surface level, you know, I'm going to go and do these self-care activities. I was 100% committed to being the martyr. And as a result, I was being very unkind to myself. And so it didn't matter whether I had 65 massages in a week and attended 14 yoga classes. My underlying belief was that I wasn't worthy of any of it. And so I really wasn't allowing it to top me up. I wasn't allowing anything to top me up because I was so deeply committed to being the martyr. And so, you know, when, when I was missing that self-kindness piece, the self-care wasn't as effective. And it wasn't until I actually realized that, Hey, I'm not being very nice to myself here. And that took a little bit of external help, but it wasn't until I realized that that I actually was able to give myself permission for the self-care activities to top me up. And that I suppose is, is where interesting activities like doing the dishes became self-care. Not always. Sometimes that just feels annoying, but you know, depending on how I'm looking at things, simple acts like that can be self-care because it pulls me out of overwhelm. It helps me to feel um, calmer by creating more calm in my external environment. And so, you know, kindness, I think, is the really secret ingredient to self-care practices that actually make a difference. And this applies so much when we're on our yoga mat or doing any kind of mindful movement. Because if we are on the mat and we are looking at ourselves through eyes that see nothing but how we fall short of whether it's our own ideals, whether it's some external ideas, ideals that we're buying into, it's not going to matter what you do on the mat. You are never going to live up to your enoughness in your mind or your lack of enoughness in your mind. And so, you know, this is why I talk so often about choosing kindness because a practice that is intended from that space will feel a lot different to a practice that is inherently kind of punishing. 
the physical, you know, you might not be doing really challenging stuff. When I say punishing, I don't necessarily mean that you're pushing your body to the edge, although you might be. We can do something that looks very gentle and very kind from the outside, but be having a conversation with ourselves on the inside that is really unkind. And so what we do on the mat is not going to have the same effect. From another perspective, we need to understand as well that our nervous system desperately seeks safety. And so, you know, we're talking about a practice when we're, when we're doing yoga, let's just talk about yoga for a minute. When we're doing yoga, we're doing a practice that is, you know, intended to make us feel better in body and mind to almost, you know, bring those two closer into connection, into union. And when we do that from a place where we are creating a dialogue about how not good enough we are, that information as well is picked up as, you know, like, ooh, warning signs, maybe we're not safe here in the nervous system. And so in order to feel safe, in order to get the, you know, mobility and flexibility and strength gains that we want, it's really important that the nervous system feels safe because it's your nervous system that makes decisions about what access you're going to get to your physical body. It's your nervous system that decides, yeah, nah, we don't want her to do a forward fold right now. Mm, We're going to let those hamstrings stay nice and tucked. And, you know, how I know that this would be familiar for people, that you're in a position and you're trying to stretch and you're thinking, why is it not better than this? Why am I not better than this? Why have I not improved? Why can she do it and not me? And all of that stuff does not lead us to the place we want to be. From a purely, you know, physiological point of view, our nervous system is not going to respond to that and be like, oh, we're safe. Yeah, I'll dial out a little bit more space here for you to move into. No, it's going to take that to be, we are under threat. Stay on alert. And from the point of view of, you know, self-care, how can you top up a cup that you're holding a hand over the top of? It's not possible. And so I think this is really important to consider because I think that oftentimes it takes a little bit of self-reflection to make a decision about whether or not the way that we're moving and the way that we're self-caring and the way that we're relating to ourselves is actually kind or not. For a long time I thought I was being kind and it wasn't until I gave myself permission to like really look at what I was saying on the inside, that I was like, oh, nope, (laughs) didn't get that one quite right. And, you know, it gives you space to make a different choice. And this is the thing I want to point out is self-kindness is a moment by moment choice. So it's not something that it's like, oh, well, I'm just not that. I'm just not self-kind. And so, you know, tough, tough tough to me, I can't do it. It is literally a choice that we get to make to right like now and then now again and then now again and we won't always get it right we won't always choose in, di- in that direction of kindness and that's why we practice it's like you know if you were if you played basketball and you were shooting hoops it doesn't matter if you're the best shot in the world you will miss sometimes that doesn't mean you're any less good right and so 
when we when we're practicing self-kindness, we are doing it from that place of recognizing that, you know what, sometimes we won't choose in the direction of self-kindness. Sometimes we'll very intentionally choose away from it. But we have to recognize that we do have a choice. And because we have a choice, we can always choose again. And because we have a choice and because we can choose again, if we don't choose in the direction of kindness right now, it doesn't eliminate the possibility for, you know, the next moment after that. And I think that when we really start to dive into self-kindness, when we really start to play with the idea, and if it feels foreign when we do it gently, I think we start to, to recognize all of those opportunities that we have to bring more kindness into our day and into our inner experience. You know, most of us probably think we're pretty kind people out in the world. And we want to be kind people out in the world. I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast if that wasn't true for you. And the really cool thing is that when we start offering more kindness to ourselves, our ability to be kind to other people, our ability to be kind to the planet, our ability to be kind to the causes that make us feel like we want to be involved, all of that, we, you know, it increases our capacity for all of that because we have truly topped up our cup, not just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll just move my hand out for a second and you can fill it a little and then I'm going to put my hand back in place. We actually get that proper top up. So I'd love to know what you think about, you know, that combination, self-care with self-kindness, which as I sort of alluded to before, when we add the self-kindness piece, pretty much anything can become self-care. I think without it, pretty much nothing can be. And so it's a really important element. It's a really important piece. And the thing that I would say is if it feels hard, keep practicing. Like I practice this every day. It's not something that's come naturally to me. It's not something that's come easily. But when I recognized how deeply committed I was to being the martyr, and I knew that that wasn't what I wanted my experience or my reality to be anymore, then, you know, I was really willing to commit to practicing this every day. And I've seen it make a huge difference in my life and I've seen it make a huge difference in the lives of my students. And on that note, if you are looking for a movement practice, a yoga practice, a Pilates practice, a somatics practice that is built on this principle of kindness first, I would love to invite you into the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio. So I'm opening the doors in just a little over a week if you're listening to this when it lands. So this is being published on the 6th of July 2020. And on the 15th of July 2020, the doors to the Virtual Studio are going to open for a little bit to new members. And if you don't know anything about the Virtual Studio, basically it's my online yoga and Pilates and somatic exercise studio. Inside there's a whole bunch of pre-recorded material, classes of all different lengths from five minutes up to 60 that you can do anytime you like in your own home or wherever you happen to be. And we also do live classes each and every week. So at the moment we do about four classes live each week, which are totally included in the membership We also do a monthly masterclass. I bring in guests to talk about different things. We deep dive into particular ideas and practices. Um, We have a a private Facebook community where we get to, to chat and ask questions and 
uh, explore ideas. And that's all for $27 Australian dollars per month. I'd love to see you in there. It is a really lovely space. And as I said, doors are opening just for a little while on the 15th of July, 2020. If you are interested and you want to be one of the first to know when the doors open, you can head to www.ericawebyoga.com.au forward slash virtual studio and add your name to the wait list. All of those details will be in the show notes. And don't forget to come on over and let me know what you thought of this episode. I'd love to chat with you about it. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Erica Web Yoga. And I hope that wherever you are today, you are having a really great day. And that as each new moment kind of arises, you are choosing to see yourself and talk to yourself and relate to yourself with kindness. Until next time, have a great day.